when movement's your identity, you're willing to like forego your life to go and be part and like, you know, compete in this thing and be like, you know what, I will figure it out after because this is the thing that matters. And we need to understand what our patients are going up against. I was from, an, you know, from an athlete, from a person standpoint, I mean, I was devastated to hear that news, you know, an initial words out of the doctor's mouth that, you know, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I mean, clearly the weightlifting is making it worse. Um, you know, you should really think about not lifting anymore or not as much. And, um, you know, so now I'm thinking about my goal that's a couple months away and, and everything that I've worked for and just all of a sudden one day, boom, get the MRI and your career is over. And, I just couldn't couldn't picture that being my reality, but then my PT brain is like, okay, we know it's getting worse. We're just gonna keep squatting and know we're gonna make it even more worse. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hey guys, Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of Maestro on the Mic. Today, I have with me a friend who I met in person for the first time earlier this year at my Moving with a Maestro course over in Boston. Uh, she is a doctor of physical therapy. She has been in the gymnastics world, we'll say, for 19 plus years. She's been in the CrossFit world for eight plus years, and within when she was in CrossFit, actually discovered a passion for Olympic lifting. Uh, and that's pretty much why I brought her on here, because she's experiencing what it's like to go from provider to patient. And I think this is a story that we don't hear enough of. Um, I brought on Beth Wilcox a while ago to talk about her experience as a patient, but it's really nice in this case to hear from someone who is in the know, someone who is a provider and is now on the other side of things. And the answer of, well, just don't do that anymore ain't gonna fly. So without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend, Dr. Lauren Ginsberg. Lauren, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super pumped for this. You know, we had talked a little bit before on, I mean, and by a little bit, we talk almost every day on Instagram, but we had talked <laughs> before about this and I didn't want to bring you on and like mess up your headspace because you have a big competition coming up. So thank you for doing this. Uh, you guys listening, by the time you listen to this, she will have already competed, but I'm going to flip the mic over to, to Lauren so you can hear her story. Lauren, why don't you tell us your story, perhaps with a big focus on those knee surgeries and what you're doing now in the Olympic lifting space? Sure. So I grew up doing gymnastics, uh, like you mentioned, kind of 19 years from the age of two until 21 when I was a junior in college when I stopped gymnastics. And I started experiencing knee pain in middle school. Uh, so that was my first round of physical therapy as a patient in middle school. And I was on and off PT for years, all because of my knee. Um, then fast forward to my senior year of high school, I had my first knee surgery. I had a meniscectomy. And there, that was kind of the, the downward spiral. So I did compete in college, 
but I always, I continued to have knee issues that actually brought on three more knee surgeries after that, when I finished gymnastics, my junior year of college. So being an athlete, trying to push through the pain, trying to get these knee surgeries to try to fix things that didn't really fix anything, Mm -hmm. um, really brought me to appreciate my physical therapist because she helped me more than the surgeons did. So that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to become a physical therapist myself was from the patient side of things and and how cool I thought it was that she knew how to help me without an x-ray or an MRI or a scalpel to cut me open. And and I really, uh, I I was like, I want to be able to do that. So I decided to go to PT school. Um, And how was that? Did you, uh, we'll just go on a tangent here. Did you learn the things to help the people with the knees? During school? Uh, during school, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I feel like you learn all of the essentials in school, but you, you really yes. learn on clinical. So, like, I had a couple of yes. really great outpatient clinicals. And then when I got my first job, I was really mentored. And that's where I really felt like I started to learn how to treat patients. And and I'm, I'm a huge advocate for continuing education courses. So I took a ton of continuing education courses. And that's where I really started to be able to feel like I could treat patients to the best of my ability. I love that, Lauren. That's such a good answer. You guys listening, I strategically asked her that because I do hear from so many of you that are disenchanted with the model and you're just like, PT school sucks. It teaches you the basics, right? It's going to teach you how to be safe. When you want to learn how to be a really good clinician and, and solve problems quickly, you get that after school. If you're lucky like Lauren, you get a really good mentor. If not, you invest in yourself. Or even if you do get a mentor, you still invest in yourself and go to these courses and really learn how to to do what you set out to do. Like, I, I think we, a lot of us resonate with Lauren's story. Like, we got into this to, like, help people because we kind of went through it ourselves. That's why I went to PT school, same thing with my knees. Mm-hmm. And then in PT school, you're like, oh, but I didn't learn that. But you did. You learned how to be safe. And then you go and take the rest of the courses that teach you the nuances, didactics, things like that to yeah. really be able to help people. So I love that, Lauren. And we can <laughs> actually talk about your dry needling stuff um, after your story because you're doing a lot of stuff. So this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is really awesome. So where did CrossFit start to fit in there? So it was probably like two to three years after I graduated from PT school and started working. I was just doing like regular workouts at the YMCA because the PT clinic I was actually working at was inside the YMCA. So I was doing the elliptical and the Stairmaster and all that fun stuff and was super bored. And uh, (laughs) my friend was like, come to CrossFit, come to CrossFit, you're going to love it. And I was like, okay, sure. So I went with her and kind of the rest is history. I I drank the Kool-Aid. I loved it. I was automatically good at all the gymnastics stuff because of my Mm. gymnastics background. Um, And then my other favorite part of of CrossFit was the barbell. So I was really good at the barbell, really good at the gymnastics, and then kind of horrible at all the cardio. I was not a good burpee (laughs) wall ball. (laughs) So eventually another friend of mine uh, convinced me to go to her weightlifting gym um and I was like oh cool you can just do the weightlifting you don't have to do any cardio (laughs) and it turns out that gymnasts are actually really good at Olympic weightlifting so eventually I was doing both for a while but then I kind of phased out the CrossFit and just started focusing in on the weightlifting because I actually was pretty good at that did your knee hurt during this time So I can't say I've ever been completely pain-free, but I want to say that like with CrossFit, it wasn't too much of an issue. I mean, I'd go through periods of time where it would hurt a little bit more than others. Um, 
but I did feel like CrossFit was a little more well-rounded and I didn't have as many issues with my knee during, during those periods where I was just CrossFitting. Interesting. Um, and one of the actually reasons why I was a little afraid to transition a hundred percent to weightlifting was because I knew that it's a lot of the same movements, a lot of squatting over and over again. And, and, you know, being a PT, I knew that with my knee that that might not go well. Um, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah. And how has that gone for you? Well, you know, in the beginning, it wasn't too much of an issue for my knee. Um, I think as the last like three years have progressed, uh, I started to have a little bit more of, of knee pain. Uh, sometimes I felt like it was just like a tendinopathy and, and then, you know, rest it and rehab it and it would get better. Um, and then we were doing a really high volume cycle of squatting and I woke up one day and my knee didn't hurt, but was huge, uh, really swollen. I could tell I lost range of motion. I was trying to, to push through it since it didn't hurt. And you yeah. know, the PT brain in me was like, eh, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> Uh, and it didn't get better. Um, so that was actually the first time in a long time that I went to an orthopedic doctor for my knee. Cause I probably hadn't been since I had gotten mm-hmm. my last surgery in college. Yeah. So I was kind of like, eh, I think something else is going on more than just your mm-hmm. inflammation. Um, so that was actually the first time I had gotten an MRI, I think since my, my fourth knee surgery. And what did that show? They found a couple of holes in my cartilage, one on the back of my patella and one on my femur. Um, I think at the time they classified that as like moderate degeneration, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of had suggested that I should probably not continue to lift um, and wasn't really suggesting surgery, but you know, we ended up deciding to maybe try um, like an orthovis synvisc kind of okay, gel injection. Okay, yeah. Um, that was kind of like the most minimal approach. Um, Mm -hmm. so I went through with that, um, and some cortisone injections and some, some time off. I think actually that happened in like uh, September, October of two years ago. And I probably took off until about January from like a a lot of squatting. Like I did some power movements, but not squatting, Mm -hmm. um, and focused on some rehab and just working, you know, upper body. And, um, so by the time I started to lift again in January, my knee was feeling a lot better. I kind of really eased into the squatting and actually ever since then have not done high volume squats. So if my team, the programming has sets of 10, I do sets of five. Um, They have six, I do four. Um, Like I really don't go above sets of five because it starts to Mm -hmm. get inflamed. Yeah. Are you guys listening to this? I, I, I love this story. It is a very real world, realistic painting portrait of dealing with orthopedic injuries right I, I just feel like i see the pendulum going so crazy on social re- social media and yes that's my world but where people are like you are not your mri but that doesn't mean that your mri is bullshit right we can't be like oh yes we understand with pain the complexities of it but especially as it relates to like the inflammation cycle if things are rubbing then your body's doing what it's supposed to do. And it's like, hey, I'm going to throw down some fluid here to help protect you. And then what happens? Oh, you got no more range of motion? Yeah, because it's, it's just, it is trying to help you. So, you know, I got an MRI for the same reason. And mine showed similar stuff. It's like, hey, you have a big old hole in your tibia and in your femur. Like, oh, right, cool. So, you know, the advice that we get afterwards may not be the best. But understanding how, these, how this imaging can 
you know, play into, you know, our understanding of things. No, imaging doesn't show pain, but we can't just totally throw it out and be like, oh, that means nothing. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it it probably probably means something. Lauren, just kind of like a little bit of a nuanced question, but you said that you kind of stopped with the the high high volume squatting stuff and you were kind of just doing power position and things like that. Mm-hmm. Does your knee not bother you at all in in the catch or like in if it, if you're like split jerk in that back knee, you're okay with more of those upright positions or less knee flexion? Um in general, yeah, less knee flexion like above parallel is not much of an issue. Um mm-hmm. although you, you ask about the split jerk, so my left knee is the bad knee. That is my knee that goes behind in the split jerk. Yeah. And for I mean maybe related to my knee or maybe because it's a gymnastics thing but I land with a very straight back knee instead of a bent knee so when Mm. I do it correctly and bend my knee it actually does bother my knee uh when Mm. I do it my way it doesn't hurt at all Mm. yeah (laughs) yeah it is physics and science that's cool I I, Mm -hmm. I was wondering very very cool stuff so sorry took us off on a tangent there you started having the knee stuff you got some orthovis stuff took some time off things got a little bit better Mm mm-hmm and then, yeah. So then I was I was pretty much back to weightlifting. Got my strength back um, with those modified squats, and um, competed again for another year or two. And then it was actually ironically the same time of year, but it was actually the end of August, beginning of September of this year. Um, I did a couple workouts that week. Nothing that was that different, or nothing that caused me any more pain mm-hmm. than normal. And I went to work on a Friday morning, actually in a very air conditioned, cold office. And uh, I was like, oh, my knee feels really stiff. That's weird. And, and I kept treating my patients and, and I kept thinking something's not right with my knee. And, and I finished up for the morning and I was like, oh, my knee's really swollen. Uh, that's kind of weird. And, uh, it, you know, thinking, okay, you know, I'll take some ibuprofen, I'll ice tonight, yeah, it'll get on. better. And, you know, three, four or five days later, it's still really swollen. And, and again, same kind of thing as two years ago, not really painful, um, but very yep. swollen, stiff, lost range of motion. Um, but now I was occasionally having some sharp pains, like even with walking, if I really hit terminal knee extension, I kind of get a little catching. Um, and again, those kind of alarm bells went off in my head of like, okay, this is not like teletendinopathy because mm-hmm. I deal with that on and off. Like I had earlier, actually the summer, um, you know, I had, I had had that, but I was able to take care of it on my own and, uh, it went away and, and I was like, this is something different again. Yeah. So, um, that was when I decided to go back to the ortho, mm-hmm. um, and I was nervous and, and we actually went in for the visit and she kind of agreed with me that we was probably dealing with my old symptoms, but maybe that they were worse. You know, maybe it was flared up or maybe it was worsening and she recommended getting the MRI um both to rule out anything new like a meniscus but also to to check on the the wear and tear that i had had in the mri two years previous i'm going to interrupt you before you tell us the outcome of that mri you said you were nervous Mm. why were you nervous i was afraid that it was going to show that things were worse um and what would that mean i was afraid it was going to mean that i couldn't weight lift anymore and that would be really hard for me uh, it's kind of, you know, my, my new sport now that I don't do gymnastics and really passionate about it. And I'm starting to really kind of peak too, which is kind of weird at the age yeah. of 34, but, um, <laughs> I was still improving. I hadn't plateaued and, and starting to qualify for some major national competitions. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh no, what is this going to mean? When, I, I, I just love this discussion. You going in, you're nervous. Were there things that you were hoping 
your doctor because I'm guessing one you were your own PT if you needed mm-hmm. PT right you like yeah. take care of yourself but yeah. were there things you were hoping that your doctor would say aside from like it's totally fine there's nothing going on there mm. were you like well I hope that she says this even if this is like looking like this what, what was in your head uh, I guess I almost wished it was meniscus because mm-hmm. I felt like I could get that surgery if I needed it and rehab and get back and like not miss that much time and it wouldn't change my future. Um, or I was hoping like, okay, yeah, like, you know, looks about the same. Let's just continue to modify your training. And uh, I definitely was hoping that things didn't look worse or that they would tell me to not lift again. Totally. You guys listening, my providers that are listening, patients want security i don't want to say certainty because we know that there's gonna be gray air but they want security they want safety they want to know like that you're going to be there that you're going to give them an answer and not be this nebulous like it depends like Mm -hmm. i get it and i said it multiple times but you know as business men and women we have to to understand the value of being secure and sure in our services and being like this is what we're finding this is what the plan is going to be. We're going to, yes, we're experimenting as we go. We're going to look at this, this, and this. But understanding what patients are looking for and also understanding what the the impact is when you talk to someone and tell them that they perhaps, you know, if you were to say you can't do this movement anymore, like that would have been devastating for you, right? Like that's like cutting your legs up. This is just like devastating for you. So, you know, as providers, we really have to flip it around for a second and really put ourselves in that per- that pl- that person's shoes and understand where they're at and what's, what's going on. And one of the reasons I, I brought Lauren on was because you had big competition coming up, right? You had big goals. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So this was actually about two weeks before American Open Series 3 down in Daytona Beach, Florida, um, that I had saw the doctor and, and I had also just qualified for American Open Finals in December. Um, which was the big one. So this was kind of a smaller national meet. And then I had just qualified for the really big one, which was one of my big 2019 goals was to qualify and compete at this meet in December in Salt Lake City. Um, so the timing of this happening two weeks before the meet in September, um, you know, decided to go to the doctor before the meet, just, I don't know, to make sure that I wasn't going to do anything really stupid because I can be... Uh, I'm a PT and I'm an athlete and it's hard to decide which brain should win. Yeah. <laughs> and the yes. athlete in me was definitely wanting to compete, but the PT in me was like, eh, maybe we should make sure that this is not a really bad choice. Uh, is there anything that she could have said that would have stopped you for real though, Lauren? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I, like, I just feel it's, like I, I understand like we, you guys listening, you're movement people. I think we've all been there. Like the movement's your identity you're willing to like forego your life mm. to go and be part and like, you know, compete in this thing and be like, you know what, I will figure it out after because this is the thing that matters. And, you know, I, I brought Lauren on because of this, like we need to understand what our patients are going up against and what the reality of it is. And like, yeah, sometimes we can be like, yeah, you should probably not do that thing, but that's not a viable answer all the time. Right. So it's really, really so important that, that we ask we put ourselves in that in that position what did the uh mri show lauren well so actually the doctor was awesome and just we decided to do the mri after the competition in florida so it wasn't in my head um or in my head as much because Mm -hmm. it was definitely in my head but um so went and competed um 
actually bombed out my first ever bomb out in a competition. I hit one out of six lifts and didn't total. It was a very valuable share for us, though. Yeah, so that. that was really. Yeah, it, it was a learning experience because it was tough. I mean, I was, you know, devastated and flew all the way out there, spent all the money, and and didn't do, you know, not just didn't do well, but you know, did horrible. And um, you know, how much of that was the knee? you know, or how much mm -hmm. of it was in my head, you know, physically, mm -hmm. I wasn't in pain that day, I was able to, you know, whether I was blocking it out, or it had calmed down. Um, I wasn't that that wasn't in the forefront of my brain pain wise, but I'm sure it, I mean, it had affected my training leading up to it significantly modifying things and being nervous about it. So I'm sure that was a huge part of that, you know, failure at that competition. Uh, um, so, so I come back to the doctor after. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I fly back Sunday night, uh, Monday morning, I've got the MRI and, uh, luckily it's an orthopedic that I work with. She sends me patients all the time. So I you know, got the MRI and she's like, Hey, if you want to hang around for an hour, I'll take a look at it. We can review it right away. So, you know, didn't have much time to wait for the results. And, uh, so she pulls up the images and, and pretty much is like, well, you know, let's wait for the radiologist's report, but it doesn't look good. Um, mm -hmm. looks a lot worse, a lot of inflammation, a lot of fluid, and, and looks like worsening of the cartilage damage. Um, so, Which, I mean, are we honestly surprised, though, by that? <laughs> no, no. I mean, the PT part of me is not surprised. Um, I guess the athlete was really hoping that, mm -hmm. that it wasn't going to look that much worse because uh, we had the image from two years ago. So, I mean, we were, we're not just getting initial MRI. I mean, we were comparing it to two years ago which was about the time that I went solely into weightlifting and no more CrossFit. And, uh, and the comparison, you know, came back saying that it was significantly worse. Um, uh, having the three holes in my cartilage, um, pretty much bone on bone um, with significant fluid in the joint and some tendinopathy issues. Um, I think the only thing that was exciting to hear was that all my ligaments and my meniscus looked good. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's all, it, all cartilage it's... arthritic wear and tear. It's so interesting to hear this because, you know, you put the PT brain on and think about, you know, pain science and everything that's out there. Your symptoms are worse, but you would have been reassured by imaging that hadn't changed. Mm -hmm. It's so it's so interesting. We take a step back and we're just like, you know, understanding the complexities of like imaging versus symptoms, you know, symptomatology, I don't know, symptoms versus imaging and things <laughs> like that where the human in us just wants us, you know, defaults back to, okay, if the imaging shows that it's okay, then it doesn't matter the fact that my knee is swollen and I'm having more pain. Right. <laughs> we're it's able to like separate the two and then we put the PT brain on and we're like, but your symptoms are worse. So kind of irrespective of what that thing says. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's why it was so hard being, being yeah. both. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, so like, I was from, an, you know, from an athlete, from a person standpoint, I mean, I was devastated to hear that news. Um, you know, an initial words out of the doctor's mouth that, you know, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, I mean, clearly the weightlifting is making it worse. Um, you know, you should really think about not lifting anymore or not as much. And, um, you know, so now I'm thinking about my goal that's a couple months away and, and everything that I've worked for and just all of a sudden one day, boom, get the MRI and, and your career is over. And, um, I just couldn't, couldn't picture that being my reality, but then my PT brain is like, okay, we know it's getting worse. Uh, like 
we're just going to keep squatting and know we're going to make it even more worse. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is the battle. That's why I brought you on. So what did you decide, Lauren? Well, so we started talking options. I mean, one option being we could try another, you know, synvisc, orthovisc injection. Um, And the other, which she was talking about, was doing like a Macy cartilage Mm -hmm. transplant surgery. And Mm -hmm. as soon as those words came out of her mouth, I was like, nope. No way. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've worked with patients with it done. I mean, I did more additional research, you know, right at that point. And and I mean, to return to sport, you're talking 12 to 18 months. And I'm like, okay, I'm 34. You're talking, you know, now you're like close to 36 by the time you actually get back into it and build up strength. I'm like, am I going to be that competitive anymore? And then am I just going to wear away the new cartilage? And exactly. And I was like, that's not worth it. And then I had just opened up my own PT practice back in May. And I was like, I don't have disability insurance. This is 12 weeks of non-weight bearing. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I, yes. I can't. I literally, I can't stop working for 12 weeks and make no money. And uh, like, it's just impossible. <laughs> and lose all your gains also at the same time. You lose all your right. money and your gains. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily, <laughs> I mean, financially, I couldn't, couldn't have the surgery. So uh, that made the decision as well. I mean, it was an easy decision. I 100% was not going to go through with the surgery. Um, so I was kind of like, okay, we either try that injection again and see how it goes or we quit weightlifting today. Um, so I had a, 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 quite a few talks with different doctors and PAs and, um, PTs and people who had had the surgery and, and trying to get everyone's input, um, because I knew I wasn't very objective at this point to make my own decision. And, uh, I guess finally I, I kind of said to the, the orthopedic doctor, I was like, listen, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, 90% sure that there's a total knee replacement in my future at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I continue to lift for, you know, a couple more months to get to American Open Finals or maybe, you know, a year more, will that change things drastically? Like if I'm going to need the surgery anyway yeah, down anyway. the road, like, you know, it, yeah. am I being ridiculous to think like, well, you're having surgery anyway, keep doing, keep ruining your knee or, <laughs> you know, again, yeah, that's the athlete brain. That's and real. Lauren, that's the so PT real. brain is just like, okay, you know, that's not a logical sense. You need to be able to walk and do stairs and work and, and do normal daily activities still. So, um, were well, you still having a ton of symptoms day to day? You said you were kind of having some sharp stuff intermittently. Yeah. That still, yeah. It was still there. Yeah. Yeah. Still, still there at this point for sure. Okay. Um, and, and the doctor, the ortho had said, you know, I don't think it will change your, your outcomes by more than like a year or two. Like, Mm -hmm. so if I need the totally replacement at the age of 60, maybe if I lift for a year or two more, I need the surgery at 58. But she's like, it's not going to all of a sudden mean you're going to need totally replacement tomorrow or, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was kind of my final decision. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. like if I'm going to need the surgery anyway, what's anyway, two yeah. years, you know, yeah. at that point. So, um, I had uh, some I specific it. goals. So I was like, you know, let's yes. try to, to accomplish those exactly. goals. And then if I have to retire, I'll feel a lot more okay about it. I won't be happy yes. about it, but I'll feel okay about it. Cause I've, I've gotten to, to at least do those things that I've always wanted to do. Leaving the shoes on the platform at the ripe old age of 35. Yeah, <laughs> you've gotten changed your right. goals, but then Guys, at listen, least it's like my talk. timeline. Yeah, I, I I think it's 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 so realistic. I think that you know maybe if you're listening and you're kind of outside of sport and you haven't 
found something that you're so passionate about, maybe you're like, uh, what is she thinking? Stop mm-hmm. doing it. That's not reality. This is and this is a huge reason why I wanted to bring Lauren on. Because what do you do when you're you're working with a patient and this is this is their reality. This is what they're talking about. You can't just be like, uh, step. Right? You have to go through all these things and have the decision. And maybe that person decides that actually, you know what, being able to, you know, go up and down the stairs right now with no pain is more important to me than you know, doing, going to, you know, AO and going to nationals. But for the most part, I'm going to guess it's probably not for most of these athletes, which is why they've gone as far as they've gone, because they're willing to sacrifice anything to Mm -hmm. get to this place. Like I I watched some of these things on uh, Instagram and like a lot of the Asian lifters. And there was a, a woman, they had to carry her onto the podium because she was like injured going into it. Yeah. Yeah. She was injured going into it hit the lifts one or gave what anyway she hit she podiumed so she yeah, got top three. In match. yeah insane and like mm-hmm. she would literally finish the jerk and like fall to the ground because she like couldn't her knee was like fake at this point and i was just like holy smokes but this is what it is like you train all these years and your life dedicated for this thing mm-hmm. for for us as a provider to just be like nope uh you should not do that that's not a viable answer. We have to remember that we are dealing with a human. And I wanted Lauren to come on to, you know, speak as the human that's like, this is my my story. So where are we at now with training, Lauren, and, and goals and competitions? Well, um, luckily, my knee's been pretty good lately. I got, got that, you know, Synvisc injection mm-hmm. uh, back in September. So um, between taking some time off, well, just like a week or two and getting the injection, um, again, modifying squats a lot, but, uh, I I'm feeling pretty good. Um, yeah. still dealing with some yeah. knee symptoms for sure. Um, yeah. actually some hip symptoms, but like trainings, trainings coming together. I've been working a lot on some different technique things. And, uh, actually just this past weekend, I hit, uh, 98% of my one rep max on snatch and a hundred percent of my, you know, like I hit my one rep max yeah. on clean and jerk and, we all get to see it. I was like, yes, yeah. like jumping up and down. This is, it makes me excited. Yeah. And they felt easy. Like I have more God in the tank. Damn. So like after I hit that last weekend, like now I'm real fired up for the competition in two weeks. Uh, I really can't wait to get out there and, and feel confident mentally. Like I, like I know the, my knee's not in my head right now, yes. um, which yes, is huge because that took a while to get there again. Yeah. This is, did you work with like a sports psychologist or anything like that? Or was this kind of just like, Talking to your friends, talking to doctors, PTs, you know, your 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 colleagues and such? Mm, um, not necessarily a sports psychologist, although I have worked with one in the past. Um, mm-hmm. But I started journaling. Um, that really helped a lot. Um, and then, you know, definitely talking with my coach a lot. Um, oh, and, and actually my, uh, nutritionist I would do, um, with working against gravity, she's actually been oh, a cool. really good sounding board. Like it, it's funny, mm-hmm. like the, I love that program cause it's not just about the nutrition. I mean, it's about the mental health and the physical health and the stress and all that. So she's been really helpful with that as well. Have you changed your diet to be like, you know, less inflammatory or something like that? Have you had to switch anything or because I mean, you also have to like eat for your strength and all the stuff that you're doing. So right. I mean, I haven't changed it since September. But I mean, actually, last year, 
um, like a year and a half ago, I, my whole body was feeling really inflamed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, like all my joints felt really horrible, not like an injury, but just like everything felt yeah, really bad. achy and tired. And so I actually added some different, um, like anti-inflammatory supplements, some adrenal supplements in, um, uh, some CBD oil actually. And, and when I added those back in, or added in for the first time, that was when I actually started to feel a lot better and was able to get back to, to training hard. So, uh, so yeah, so about a year ago I did. Amazing. So just to like close the loop here, you have competition in two weeks, but you're feeling amazing. I'm going to knock on all the wood for you that we continue (laughs) to stay feeling amazing. And then are you done or is there more? Well, uh, January 1st of this year, I set, a couple of goals. Um, and one of them was to qualify and compete at American open finals, which is the one in two weeks. Um, and the other goal was to try to qualify for nationals in 2020. So those are in Chicago in May. So I'm two kilos away from qualifying for nationals. Um, so as long, I mean, it's a day by day, literally day by day decision, but uh, if the knee stays feeling like it is right now, the goal is to try to do a competition or two, um, at the beginning of next year, try to get that two kilo increase on my total, um, and try to compete in May in Chicago. And I feel like if I can get to that point and then I need to hang up my weightlifting shoes, um, that I will have accomplished the goals that I really have wanted okay. to do. So I love it. I respect it so much. It's so good to just going to ask a kind of random question there to get a mm. two kilo a two kilo increase on your total what's the easiest mm. way to do that are you picking one lift more than the other or you said total right so that's like both of them combined yeah yeah um that, that's a good question i'm actually like super close to a two kilo pr on both of my lifts right now so oh, okay yeah so i guess it <laughs> okay. depends. i mean hopefully i mean I, I would like to exceed those two kilos and get you know four or five kilo increase yeah um but but yeah i mean i've actually attempted an 80 kilo snatch and 100 kilo clean and jerk multiple times now and been super close to getting both so uh Dang. timing just has to be right can, and, and can you use pounds right. for the people that don't know what kilo conversion is sure um, so 80 kilo snatch is about 177 pounds Dang. and a hundred kilo clean and jerk would be 220 pounds. Boom. There yeah. you go. It's always multiplied by roughly 2.2. But, yeah. and so like she was saying, the two lifts that you got to hit are the snatch and clean and jerk. And mm-hmm. she's about to smash both of them. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I could me. qualify in Salt Lake city. You never know. Dude. This is amazing, 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 amazing. Like what I'm going to try and do actually with this episode is because by the time this comes out, you will have competed. So I can like update Mm -hmm. at least in the show notes. Like Mm -hmm. also check out where Lauren is at. You guys can go and look at her on uh, Instagram and and check back and check in. But if they actually want to look at you on Instagram, connect with you on Instagram, how can they do that? that Uh, So my, yeah, my Instagram handle is at sportsfit physical therapy you're down to just one handle now oh i am because of you <laughs> yes because <laughs> i harassed you <laughs> yeah one more time because <laughs> you had two i was like you don't even need two sports <laughs> fit physical therapy she provides a ton of valuable information on there really well lined out stuff just aesthetically pleasing really good content on there um so you can check that out 
No, and I got a few more questions for you and then I'll let you go. Mm-hmm. But just as a provider, right? Because like, let's say that you were working with someone like you. What are some things that you perhaps wish that someone had said to you or that you have taken from this as a provider that you will say and do with your patients? Mm, well, I mean, I definitely, I think that is one of the reasons why patients seek me out because I am an athlete as well. Um, so I really try to, when I work with a patient who has a goal like that and an injury, um, is to make sure a, I'm addressing the mental piece of things, you know, not just the physical, um, and kind of taking it one day at a time. Like, let's not jump to the final conclusion of saying, no, you can't do this or you need to quit, but like, let's see where you're at in a week or a day or, um, you know, what, what alternatives we can do to modify so that you're still moving. Like, I don't want you out of your sport completely. Like I'm big into not stopping the activity altogether, but modifying mm-hmm. to, cause I think mentally as well as physically you know, that the athlete needs that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, like I'm I had a little 13 year old football player last <laughs> week who was playing in this, uh, Super Bowl game and he heard his MCL, uh, in a tackle and, and, uh, you know, I, at no point did I say you can't play in that game. I said, we're going to make a game time decision on Friday night when I see you. And uh, we got him back in and he played. Um, and, you know, had I had to make that call on Monday when I did the initial eval, the answer would have had to have been no. He limped into mm-hmm. my office. But yeah. literally three treatment sessions later, you know, and the only reason why we did three was because it was that week. Uh, mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. Friday, I had him sprinting and doing drills and he had no hesitation and he looked good and strong and, and we let him play. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of like taking that time. Like, let's not jump to conclusions. Let's see where he's at. I mean, he's 13 years old. He could bounce back quick and, and yes. he did. So Should same kind of thing, like instead of talking about, yeah, stopping weightlifting, <laughs> your career is over. Like, Hey, let's yeah. see what an injection does and let's see what some modified training does and then make that call. So I love it, Lauren. That's yeah. so good. I want you to keep riffing. Can you tell us about your business because you are thriving and it's amazing to hear you as a you know cash-based practice as a female business owner you're doing it mm-hmm. can you can you tell us about that sure sure um so i graduated um a little over 10 years ago from pt school um i did your traditional uh, private practice outpatient clinic for five years and then a physician-owned uh, outpatient clinic for five years um and Loved both my jobs and learned so much. Um, super glad that I did that, but I just felt held back um, by insurance and mm-hmm. you know by rules in the clinic and and uh, I knew I could do more for my patients and and it's really hard for me to not go 110 percent into anything that I do. That's just my personality as as a person. Um, and so I debated back and forth for a couple of years of like, should I go out on my own? Can I financially do that? And and finally uh, decided to pull the trigger and quit my job uh, back in April and started literally ended on a Friday and opened up my practice on, on Monday in May um, and just hit the ground running. And I was so scared um, just financially. Uh, I didn't know how to run a business and I didn't know if I could pay my bills and uh, it exploded. Um, Literally the first like, yeah, the first three weeks I was seeing like 40 plus patients a week. I was actually too busy, but like, I was fine with that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've really been Damn. busy ever since. So I'm a little over, you know, I'm like six and a half months in right now. Um, and it's like a dream come true. I I'm kicking myself for not doing it sooner because uh, I'm happy. My patients are happy. My patients are getting better. Uh, my quality of life. I can put, you know, a day that I need to put my training first, I can skip make that my, on my schedule. Um, 
got into the social media aspect of yes. things, which is a lot thanks to you. Um, and that really exploded, which was so cool. And, and the opportunities that have come from that, like speaking on this podcast, but also becoming an ambassador for I Dry Needle. Um, and they were saying how much they love my social media presence and what I do. And, um, and now I have time to do those extra things, which yeah. I'm so passionate about that I just felt like I couldn't do before. Um, putting on seminars both in my CrossFit gym as well as like yeah that's right and, that's right you're crushing those yeah. I forgot about yes yes yeah I'm like smiling so big over here like <laughs> it's so great to hear all of this like you're a model Lauren you're in a CrossFit box like let the people know what is that what does your model actually look like yeah sure so I have a you know one small private room inside of the CrossFit gym that I belong to that I joined back in uh, December 2011 um so the best part was like everyone already knew me they knew I was PT they knew I was a crossfitter and a weightlifter so um that's one of the reasons why I kind of exploded so quickly is everyone knew me and couldn't get in to see me at my other job because I had a six-week waiting list and and now I was right in their gym and you you didn't need a referral or a prescription to come see me and uh so I think that's why I I was busy so fast because I already had those relationships and, and I was literally right there I mean people love the convenience I mean literally couple weeks ago during one of the open workouts one of the guys tweaked his calf doing the double under workout and and like literally walked into my door like you know five minutes after the the strain happened and was like hey anyway you can treat me I'm like absolutely I stayed late treated him and he left the office with no pain no symptoms woke up the next day and was able to to run and jump and and do double unders like 12 hours later and that never would have happened in in the old model um so I just Uh I love being like right in the trenches and being able to stay late or come in early to get people in and that need to get in and but also at the same time block off time if I need to get my workout in or travel for my competition so uh it's been really awesome being your own boss yeah. is probably the best thing ever. <laughs> I am so happy for you guys listening. She did say, yes, she was treating 40 patients, you know, very sh- a week shortly after opening. But that was not, you know, oh, by luck or by chance. So if we didn't give a, that, you know, the definition that we hear for luck of when op- when opportunity meets preparation or when preparation meets opportunity, that's exactly what happened there. So this is the overnight success story that ha- that took 10 years. Right. So Lauren was in this community. She was doing CrossFit for eight plus years. She was in the gymnastics community for 19 years and also being a PT in that same area for 10 years. So she has all of this built up and all of this rapport, all these relationships. Clearly, if people people knew what you were doing, like it wasn't like you were at the CrossFit box, but no one had any idea that you were a PT. Because right, like right. you said, like they, they knew they couldn't come see me there because the wait list, was so, wait list was so long. So they knew you're doing this thing. So you've been marketing yourself essentially for 10 years, yes. which is why when she presented this solution for them, like the opportunity arose and she took it, boom, you have this massive explosion. And I see you now all the time taking mm-hmm. the opportunity and creating the opportunity. Like you're putting on these seminars. Like we did, we I taught the course and I met you. And then I feel like one day later, you're like, yo, I'm doing a seminar. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that is amazing. I'm doing yeah. a breathing seminar. I'm pressurizing. I'm like, yes, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like realizing the skill set that she brings and that she could help people. And she sold that shit out in like one minute. And I was like, so you want to teach me about marketing? Because it's amazing. <laughs> like, This is so great to see. Like it's so, so, so great to see. Crushing it in in business and that last thing you said about, you know, what you would say as a PT is just so valuable. Taking it day by day and, yes. you know, looking at the, the psychosocial side of things, the, the human side of things when you're working with someone. That's so valuable, Lauren. Just 
Sounds like you're pretty good at what you do. I might have to come to you for my uh, knee, even though it's way, way better. Right. <laughs> Thanks. This is so good. So before I let you go officially, uh, two things. One, is the best way to contact you through Instagram? Is there somewhere a better way to go check you out or anything like that? Um, I mean, all my info is on Instagram. So I've got an Instagram page. You can DM me through there. I also have my email and phone number on my Instagram page. So, you know, I have people call me or text me or email me and kind of whatever is easiest for you. Um, I'm pretty, pretty available at, at all times. If I'm not with a patient, I'll usually get back to you pretty quick. And um, whether it's, you know, needing some advice or wanting to schedule an appointment or, or anything like that, um, setting up a seminar, anything. Amazing. All the things for those few people that don't have, because some people don't have Instagram. They don't like going on there. Uh, mm. How can they contact you? Um, I do have a Facebook page, Sports Fit, Physical Therapy and Fitness. Um, also, you know, my email is lauren at sportsfitptandfitness.com. My website, sportsfitptandfitness.com. Amazing. That will all be in the show notes, my friends. If you can't see the show notes, you can go to my website. It'll be on there. Um, or you can just rewind the episode and replay that again. But it will be all of it in the show notes. All right. Last question for you, Dr. Lauren. Yes. You've given us so much already. So it's fine if you're like, I have nothing else. But if you had to leave the people with one piece of advice, one word of wisdom, one, one last pearl about anything, what do you got for us? Just keep moving. I, I think that at any age, no matter what your sport, no matter what your injury, just keep moving, do something. Uh, even if it's not 100% the thing that you want to do, you'll feel so much better to just get in the gym and stay moving and stay positive. Boom. Damn. Bring the full circle. I love it. I love it. It applies hmm. to everything in life. So, so yeah. good. Lauren, thank you. I was really, I told you, I know I was hesitant to ask you to be on before because I don't want to get in your head but you sound like you were in such a phenomenal headspace right now I'm so pumped just with everything I'm pumped to see how you do I know you're gonna crush it with the, the competition I'm pumped to see what you do with your business just everything keep crushing life my friend I truly truly appreciate you coming on thank you thank you for having me uh, this is awesome I, I will talk to you I'm sure in like five minutes on on Instagram so <laughs> <laughs> You guys listening, thank you. I know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly grateful. I do have an ask. I don't think I've asked in a while, so I'm going to ask today. If you liked it, leave me some stars, preferably five. If you loved it, do me a solid and subscribe. It does help people to find the podcast. All right, officially wrapping it up this time. Until next time, friends, Dr. Lauren Ginsberg and Maestro, 